Welcome to the Life Changing Principles Podcast, where we take a new principle every week and explore how it changes our lives. I'm Leanne Hunt, ready to jump into today's principle. This is a part two episode. It's about this quote, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. That was a really inspiring quote to me when I was a young adult, when I read it the first time. But now that I've looked into it, I've studied it more, I understand more about what it means because I understand more about that space and about psychology and mindfulness and all the things that are related to it. So even if you didn't listen to part one, it's just totally fine. You'll be okay listening to this one, but it is a part two episode. So in the last episode, we talked about how watching our thoughts, being able to observe our thoughts gives us just a little bit of distance and that creates that space that this quote is talking about between the stimulus and our response. Because if there's a you that's watching your response or watching a reaction or watching your thoughts, then there's a you that can make a choice separate from that automatic reaction. And that's what I wanna dive a little more into today. One of the reasons I really loved this Stephen R. Covey quote when I first read it in his Seven Habits of Highly Effective People is that I loved the idea of not being reactive, but instead in choosing the response I wanted. It wasn't until recently though that I learned that reactivity isn't just about like a hothead getting really mad at something. Like you can think about that as reactivity and I recognized that before as reactivity. But now what I recognize is that reactivity is what we all automatically do, even in small, subtle ways. We automatically react to our kids coming home from school with a hi, or how was your day, or whatever we normally say, because that's what we've developed the habit of. It's become automatic for us. We automatically might have our stomach drop when our boss or our mother-in-law walks in the room. Because of past experiences, there's this automatic response that happens. We can automatically drive to work and not even remember that we were driving when we got there because we were wrapped up in thinking about other things. We can automatically salivate and think of our grandma when we smell cinnamon rolls. So there's a lot of triggers that can create automatic reactions. So here's the question then. If we all have these automatic reactions to things, how do we actually have or create this space that Covey is talking about? I mean, the quote says, between stimulus and response, there is a space. But really? Is there really? Because some of my reactions don't seem like they have a space. So is there really a space? The answer is yes and no. So first of all, let's break this quote apart just a little bit. Between stimulus and response, there is a space. So let's look at first what a stimulus is. What could be the possible range of a stimulus that's going to trigger this kind of emotional reaction in us. It could be any of our five senses. It could be something that we see. It can be something that we smell. A sound can trigger an emotional response, something that we touch or feel, or something that we taste. And I think it's important to look at this not as just emotional responses, but as our physiological body responses that are really quite robust and quite complex. If you think about it, your hand automatically 
just yanks back really quickly if it touches a hot stove, right? If you, your finger touches a hot stove, you've reacted before your brain can even catch up with what's going on. So not everything has to go through our brain. There's all kinds of nerves and cells and even neuron-like synapses in our gut, in our body, in our other um, nerves so that it doesn't all have to go through the brain. So when I think about that then as a body reaction, it's like, oh, the stimulus, whatever this is, is coming in through the senses of the body. I'm seeing or hearing something and it's reminding me subconsciously of all these other things because my body and my brain are always pattern matching. And then it knows what to do. My body, because of its past experience, knows how to stop and catch myself when I'm tripping and falling. It knows how to protect my hand from the burn. It knows how to do all of these things automatically. Our body really does a lot of automatic responses. Like your heart rate automatically rises and then calms back down after different stimuli. And that happens with hormones and a whole complex array of our body systems with our nervous system. Um, our body automatically digests, right? It automatically, we have an automatic respiratory rate. We can start breathing quickly, but then it calms back down. Our body regulates that rate at which we breathe, depending on what's going on around us. We can't control our pupils response to dilate or to get smaller. The control of urinating is automatic. Sexual arousal is automatic. Our primary flight or fight response is automatic. And if you think about your whole nervous system in your body, it's kind of split up into two halves. Half of it is sympathetic and half of it's parasympathetic. That's kind of the two main parts of it um, and, and what it's called. And the two main parts of it have two different jobs. One of them is to kind of excite and uplift all of these body responses. And one of them is to kind of tamp it down. So you have a dial it up button and you have a dial it down button or really more like a dial. You can dial it up, you can dial it down. And your body then is keeping this all in homeostasis and it uses really fast nerves to do it. It uses really slow hormones to do it. And sometimes it uses both the up dial and the down dial for specific situations. Another thing that is a stimulus is our thoughts. Our thoughts can create all of these automatic responses to it. It doesn't always have to come in from the senses from outside. We can be thinking about something even subconsciously and these random thoughts that we have can create responses within us. I kind of like to think of these automatic responses as like running away on the thought train because our thoughts can just go and go and go, or maybe like jumping on the emotional roller coaster. Because once we get triggered, our emotions and our thoughts can just go and go and go and go and we get carried away by them instead of actually pausing to take a look at what's going on. So the question is, if these things are automatic, if they automatically happen in our body, we don't ask for them, we don't give our body permission or deny permission to do it, it, it does it without our consent, it just happens. There's nothing we can do to stop it or control this. Well then, where's the space? If between stimulus and response, there's a space, where's the space? This is the way I look at it. Instead of three parts, stimulus, space, and response, I think there's four parts. Stimulus, automatic response, which gets our attention, which is kind of cool, then space, and then response. So think of it this way. There's a stimulus, we see the snake in the grass. There's an automatic response, 
we jump, our heart starts beating, our muscles tense up, all of that is automatic. And then there's this space that we can choose to do something with, and then we can have a response after that. Some people in that space don't have a big space and they're not used to looking at or using or thinking about this space. And so the space is very small and you just skip right over it. And the response is related to the automatic response. They yell, they get angry, they start, as soon as they realize it's not a snake, it was really just, you know, somebody wiggling the bushes or something. Then they yell and they get upset and they don't really take any time from their automatic response to decide what they're going to do about it. They just get on the drama train and they let their emotions take them away. Or they get on the thought train and they let their thoughts just take them away. And it turns into this big dramatic reaction. But other people have the same stimulus. They have that little snake in the grass. They jump, their heart starts racing, and their muscles tense all up. And so they still have that same stimulus and automatic response. But then if they have a greater space because they've been able to develop having that space before they react, then in that space, they can pause for a moment. They can take in the automatic response that's telling them, hey, something's going on. I just saw something here. They can give a moment and look at it to see what it is. When they realize it's someone brushing, you know, wiggling the brush, then they can be like, oh, what do I want to do about this? And it depends on the relationship with the person. It depends on all kinds of things, but it's no longer an automatic reaction. They can choose what it is that they want to do. Last time we talked about how getting a little bit of distance from our thoughts can help us to reframe the story we're telling ourselves and can help us to hop on a different emotional roller coaster instead of one that's going to take us into a lot of reactivity we can hop on a different one that's a little calmer and we can decide what we think in the story that we're telling ourselves and that helps in that moment of space that we have there's another tool that i want to talk about today called mindfulness that can help us expand the space it can help us be aware that there's even a space there It can help us to notice what's going on in our body and to do something about it. So here's the way it works. Mindfulness is being aware of the present moment, being aware of your physical senses and that you're here right now, that you're no place else, that what you're doing is what you're doing and to do it non-judgmentally. And so if we have a way of practicing mindfulness and are able to do this, let's take that situation again, where someone has wiggled that bush, made you think it was a snake. You jumped, your heart's racing, your muscles are tensed. And in that moment, you become aware of, wow, something just happened. And if you're mindful about it, you can bring yourself to the present moment. You can notice your heart racing. You can notice that you've just jumped and you're in a new place. You can notice kind of that hyper-awareness that happens when you're looking around to see what this really is. You can notice that it's your friend that's over there wiggling the bush. And while you're doing this, there's no judgment in it. You're just bringing yourself back to the present moment because those automatic responses can, even though they seem like they're the most present you can get because it's responding to something that just happened, it can take us to a place where we get on this worry train, we get on this story that we tell ourselves and we're like, oh no, it's a snake, I'm gonna die. Here's and, and you go off down this whole scenario when really it's not because you're not paying attention to the present moment. 
And when we get on those thought trains or those emotion roller coasters, we work ourselves up more than we have to. We think about things in the past that have happened and what if it was this and we ruminate about that or else we imagine what could happen even though there's nothing that actually happening, our mind starts getting carried away with what could happen and it just makes it worse and worse and worse. Mindfulness in the moment brings us to this present moment to say, wow, that was scary. My heart's racing. I can see now it's my friend. I'm already starting to calm myself because I'm using this mindful moment. I'm in this present moment. And now what can I choose to do about it? Using mindfulness right after you've had some kind of a triggering response to something helps in two ways. First of all, it opens up the space by managing the response. When you pay attention to your breath, when you are non-judgmental, when you just look around to see what's actually going on, it manages the stress response that automatically happened and starts to calm it down. The other thing that happens is being present in this present moment automatically kicks you off of the thought and emotion trains because you're in the present moment. You can't be thinking about all these scary things that might happen in the future if you're paying attention to your feet on the ground, to the air around you, to the sounds that you can hear. You're in the present moment and so you automatically get kicked out of worrying about the past or the future. Let's walk through another example with the four stages of this quote between stimulus and response, there's a space. So let's say you're in traffic and somebody cuts you off. That's the stimulus, right? Something happened. Your automatic reaction, because that's the next thing is for your heart rate to get up and for you to have all these thoughts about what a jerk this person is and to lay on your horn and to yell and just get super, super angry. That's an example of stimulus automatic response, no space at all, and just continuing on with the response. And you continue to allow your anger to drive whatever it is that you're doing. Now let's look at it with a little moment of mindfulness in the middle. You get triggered because somebody cuts you off. You have an automatic response because you're scared and also frustrated and your heart starts racing. You start having all these thoughts. And because you've been practicing mindfulness, your brain allows that as an option too. You have a moment of mindfulness, you breathe, and then you can decide for yourself. Do I need to yell at this guy? Do I need to get really upset? Do I need to flip him off? Do I need to go back and cut him off? Do I need to do something about this? And it's not like the answer is always going to be no. Mindfulness isn't something that helps you say, yeah, you know what? We're never going to get angry. That's not the way it works. What we're going to say is, What do I need to do in this case? Sometimes you do need to go take action. Sometimes you don't. Mindfulness helps you be the one to decide. It makes sense now when you add mindfulness to the equation, how this quote can be true. Between stimulus and response, there is a space, a mindful space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. Not our automatic response. Our automatic response is almost what got our attention. It's our body's way of saying, hey, dude, there's something going on here. So that's just our signal. Great. Okay. You have my attention now. In between stimulus and getting my attention from my body, there is a space. And in that space is our power to choose our response. 
In our response lies our growth and our freedom. Thanks for being here and taking a little time out of your busy life for personal development. I applaud you for that. We take change one step at a time. You're already on your way. You're already enough. You've got this. Have a great week and we'll see you for the next principle.